Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of July 2013. I always ask newcomers right off the bat to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help themselves to the archive section and so on. Before I go through the history of the system, and it's a system you're born into, uh, you're trained even to accept it, and you do because you know everyone around you does too, especially your peer group, and they're all the same generation after generation. You're in a planned society, a planned future, and so on, where private corporations really run the system and the whole planet. Uh, it had to happen, of course, because even in this, this guise of democracy, when politicians take so much money to, to even run for office, then they're all uh, heavily subsidized, you might say, or paid off by the big corporations that put them in. Not only that, too, they have private foundations that that uh, select leaders for all sides, basically. So it doesn't matter who gets in, and they, they've been doing that for a 100 years. Their own historian at the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, Carl Quigley, talked about that in his own books. So you're really on a planned system into a new society altogether that controls you through many, many different techniques, all used on you from birth right up to most folk dry. In fact, they don't know uh, what true reality is. So help yourself to the website. Remember, too, you bring me to you. You can help me take along if you buy the books on conology and so on at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I go through the history of conning people, large amounts of people, whole countries, and even empires down through the ages. Old, old, old science. Much better today because everyone's on the internet. They know who everyone is, what they're thinking. They've got personality profiles and everyone. So it's very easy to control everyone today. And so, so from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still buy the books uh, using a uh, personal check to Canada. You can still use international postal money order. Uh, you can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And you'll find out how to do it at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Remember, too, on the site, you'll see listed all the official sites I have. They all carry transcripts for print-up of a lot of the talks I've given in English. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, Sentinel.eu, you can get transcripts for print-up in other languages. But we truly are in a, a, a really uh, rushing ahead now as big corporations and even holding companies. You'll find that probably everything's owned by holding companies. These are the big uh, mega owners that own the vast shares in all corporations that you see listed. But they hold the, the vast shares, your food, your water supply, you name it, the railroad system, uh, airways, you name it. They, they own pretty well everything. And it's really a gang at the top. And it was planned that way. A long, long time ago, a hundred years ago, it was planned that way by private organizations that sound very official, but they're actually private organizations that set up uh, using, or, or by, I should say, were set up by the top bankers of their day, the international money lenders that ran nations and lent to nations, and, and you can see the effects it's having today. Most folk, mind you, are quite happy. And because these guys at the top use a lot of academia professionals to give them their history and so on to stop riots and even revolutions from happening. And as long as you're, you, you've got something to eat, even if you think it's food and it fills you, and you've got lots of entertainments, and there's a welfare system too, when you start losing your jobs and so on, then people don't revolt 
And so they know everything that leads to resistance to their, to their agenda and by studying the past. Why do you think they use a guy like Quigley to teach people at the State Departments and the military departments, even at um, the Pentagon, on, on history down through the ages? And philosophy and so on It's to do with what brought about big changes uh, What were the conditions uh, That brought up the changes That, that caused them to happen That made it all ready to go the, the big spark that set it off You have to have every, all the tinder ready basically And as long as you satisfy basic needs of people uh, They'll just go along with whatever you give them It's well understood at the top Well understood Back with more after this Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix And I've talked many, many times about weather warfare Weather control and so on In fact, the whole system we're living in is a warfare technique It truly is, because everything at the top is planned with military precision And coordinated the same way too Any agenda has to be done that way Even a big corporation, for instance, an international corporation it, It plans its whole future 50 years in advance sometimes And company Takeovers they have to they have to do or get other companies out of business altogether. That's how they fight their way through it all. Was well, the same with running the world basically and bringing in a global society. It sounds all wonderful for the folk at the bottom. It's not really a global society. It's simply a, 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 a small bunch of folk who want to control the whole planet. And and they're pretty well there actually. For, for those who don't know it, just going to all the treaties and agreements that have uh, signed with the United Nations. And through the private foundations, like Rockefeller Foundation, the Brothers Foundation, look at all those. Look at all the all the other ones too that are implemented from uh, the start, the beginnings with meetings, international meetings of NGOs, private non-for-profit organisations, that eventually draft up treaties and get all the governments to sign them, like the Earth Charter and the Rio Charter, all these kind of different charters that affect all your lives down the road, you know. And you take all for granted. Because these organizations are not part of what you, you take traditionally as being government. They're not. They're private. So who gives them the authority to do so? Well, it's because the authority uh, was given to them a long time ago by the guys who gave you your, your, your present systems of government. You've adapted to the changes over the time, and you think it's just all part of government. And getting back to what I said earlier, too, the Royal Institute of International Affairs and CFR have been really choosing your presence in prime ministers now for a hundred years. And that's what the historian quickly said. doesn't matter if you vote left-wing or right-wing, doesn't matter at all. You don't need the top ones, uh, the bottom ones, it's all the top ones that matter. He says that the bottom ones are allowed certain competition amongst themselves to get higher, and, but the ones at the top are all pre-chosen. Now, I've mentioned about the weather warfare so many times too, that uh, people really don't get into it very, very deeply. Uh, it sounds ludicrous to some people. Uh, There's an article, a little blurb on, I think it was Fox News recently too, about uh, uh, geoengineering. And of course it starts off with this usual kind of poo-poo idea. And then they show you the different trails in the sky. Then they bring on the, 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 the paid professional that says, well, it's just condensation trails, etc., etc., etc. But uh, no, there's far, far too much to it because the government themselves has admitted through different organizations which it runs uh, that they're, they're, they're all doing it too. It's old stuff, old stuff. And since 1998, they've been doing it constantly. And they admitted in their own geoengineering big world meetings that if they did start it to do it, that is, 
They keep saying, if they started, of course they've been doing it. Then it could really upset the balance of climate across the world. And years ago, too, when they flooded Alberta a previous time, and then gave it years of drought, they gave you the typical scenarios, because they have sprays, of course, and different chemical sprays, which can either disperse thunderclouds, I've seen that happening, or they can cause it to rain and flood actually like monsoons. And what you see with the raining period too is like a big vortex above the area you're living in and it keeps going round and round and round. It's always on the jet stream and the jet stream seems to just be blocked by a wall. It doesn't keep going. And it's a big puzzle to them why this happens. The only place you find it is in the weather warfare treaties at the United Nations. That's because HARP can do that. The HARP project, H-A-A-R-P. But also the phased array uh, antenna systems throughout the country as well. And, uh, and they're used as well. They pulse. They're used for pulsing. They even use them supposedly to, just to detect the weather, which is rather odd with all this high-tech stuff. They can't tell you what the weather's going to be. But they'll be, they're all phasing at the same time across your country. Made by Raython Corporation, by the way. You know the big war guys? That's who makes them. They have lists of them up there and maps of them across your whole country. And you think it's just to detect what the weather's going to be? Really? These were based on a form of radar systems, too. And high-energy pulsating weapons, really plasma weapons. And they're all whacking away at the same time. Everyone beneath it, of course, anybody at all, uh, this may be over 20 or 30, can get arthritis with it. There's even juvenile arthritis, too, nowadays. But anyone with that at all is going to really feel it. Big, big time. Because the air is full, fully charged as well. But regardless of that, they can bring on the flooding when they want to. And as the vortex rolls runs on top of you, I had that for a month and a half, about three years ago. Just rained every darn day. And I, I mean down, it came like, like a monsoon, straight down, big, big drops, just you know, all day. And this happened in, in, in Toronto last night, apparently. Uh, so much so, they got flash flooding, and even a go train was stuck. And the go trains that go between the Toronto and the, the nearby cities have about three tiers of or decks, in other words, three tier, three decks for passengers, and they were flooded up into the second deck. Did they get uh, emergency forces in there to bring them out by dinghy? No kidding. And yet all that took, really, and mind you, too, in Toronto and these places, uh, they don't really maintain things very well. They so cut back, cut back, and all the rest of it, maximize the profits from the taxis and so on. Uh, and uh, whenever they get a real downpour, uh, you find all, the, all the, the drains and so on haven't been cleaned for ages. They're just all blocked, so you get flash flooding. There's an article about that from the Globe and Mail, the flash flooding, and I'll put that up tonight. Now, what you find, too, is around it, around the area that's being in weather warfare, that is, yeah, that's being flooded uh, daily, you'll find that it's good weather. There's good weather all around this big vortex. And that's what we've had in previous years, and I've been noting all this stuff studiously and, and taking care of it, because it's very important to always know what's going on. For those who don't quite get that, you're supposed to know what goes on, at least in your mind. And if you're not sure of your mind, then at least write it down, like a diary, because otherwise uh, you, you'll forget it all. You won't connect the dots down uh, later on. But anyway, folk were literally swimming out their cars and so on, downtown Toronto. And it was only what they called uh, four, four inches of rain came down in about an hour. They've got about 100 millimetres here. And... Um, it sounds an awful lot when you put it in millimetres, which is part of the whole crisis uh, planning, of course. It sounds bigger, but it's actually about four inches. But it came down about an hour, and nothing could cope with that. So I've had that up here over the years, because this is a big test bed where the jet stream loops right above me here. 
So I'll put this article up tonight for those that want to peruse it, just to see what's going on. Sounds all far-fetched to folk who haven't studied it. This is old stuff. This is old stuff. And as I say, you have to go through the weather warfare treaties and, and uh, the amendments to them too, down through the years at the United Nations to find. And it's all in there, though. It's all in there. And the history of it too. I'm going to, to Teller, who created the H-bomb, and he also went through, the, through uh, the, the possibility in the 1950s of doing all this by combining particles of metallic dust into the atmosphere by spraying them. Uh, it would make it more electromagnetic if you used electromagnetic frequencies to bombard uh, all these metallic particles. It would act like a circuit across the sky. And you could really wipe out crops in, a, in an enemy country. That was why they first developed it. Uh, or by by drought, causing drought, depending on the spray that you used over them, or you could also divert the stream, blow all the all the the, the moist air away from them, an area, or you could flood them. You can do pretty well anything depending on the frequencies and the types of spray that you use. Old old stuff, but it's been doing constantly, been going on constantly for years now since '98, and uh, and so expect more and more of this. And then of course at the end of this year, that to create extreme weather events this year, an awful lot of them. Because at the end of this year, uh, the G20 and all the rest of them will be going over to sign all the, the new treaties to do with weather, modifi- weather basically control or modification or the effects of it, CO2, as I call it, or global warming. And when they beam these arrays of uh, phased arrays across the sky, that, that superheats the atmosphere, by the way. This is old, old stuff. But uh, what I'm talking about, too, they have lots of these uh, you know, stations across every country now pretty well. All, all first world countries, and uh, they're using them. Made by the military industrial complex, boys. So I'll put that up tonight, this one. Also tonight, to show you again, it just all ties in, that we're all, uh, everything's owned. Even the big corporations that you go and hammer at, if you're not too happy about things they've done, you find most of them are owned by, again, big holding corporations uh, that don't even uh, care what they own. Uh, usually, they just want the massive profits since they take over the, the main shareholders' uh, cash or, or positions and so on. They also buy that the shares are not available to the public. You understand there are private shares that are never sold off to the ordinary people, which means a small clique can control hundreds and hundreds of other corporations beneath it. But you have your stock exchanges too, which you, it's there when you're born again and take it for granted. It must be normal, so it's there. It's a big con to start with, the stock exchanges. It's all rigged to make sure that an elite always stay in power down through the ages and everybody else loses their money. But I remember reading a couple of years ago that the, the, the stock exchange in New York had been sold off to another corporation, you see. And but it ties into this one because the next part that happens now is the New York Stock Exchange says Euronext, Euronext to take over scandal hit LIBOR. And it says US owner of the New York Stock Exchange will take over the, the running of LIBOR, the guys who fix and rig the interest rates across the world. It says the benchmark interest rates at the central uh, center of a global rigging scandal, wrestling control from a British banker's trade body for a token one pound. So what they, you understand the, you understand this stuff, this one pound deal or one dollar deal? It's a history to this all stuff. To make something a, a legality, and these guys are awfully, awfully legalistic minded, then they, they go through something that's very, very ancient to them. Remember, a pound is a token. That's what they call it, a token of one pound. To say a token to get any subways and so on, it's called a token. And it makes it legal, you see. 
And it says, an important cog in the world's financial system, LIBOR rates are benchmarks for some $550 trillion U.S. in contracts from complex derivatives to credit card bills. But LIBOR's credibility was destroyed by revelations that traders had routinely manipulated them to their own advantage. So it says that uh, Euronext will take over uh, LIBOR from the British Bankers Association, the the B, the which had administered the rate since the 1980s. A British committee set up to choose a new operator, said Tuesday. But LIBOR, or London Interbank Offered Rate, as it's called, will continue to be regulated by Britain's Financial Conduct Authority, according to the advisory committee chaired by Sarah Hogg, appointed in October last year by the Finance Ministry to look for a successor to the BBA in taking ownership of setting LIBOR rates. Just bigger rip-offs coming. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the media. talking about the New York Stock Exchange. And it says here that um, with uncertainty about the future regulation of LIBOR and given that the NYSE, Euronext is being bought by US Peer Intercontinental Exchange, which is called ICE for short. For $8.2 billion, not everybody was convinced that appointment was appropriate. It says we had a fox guarding the hen house issue here, and we should learn from that, said Bart Chilton, a member of the US Commodity Futures Trading Commissioner, Commission Regulator. He added that I firmly believe that having a truly neutral third-party administrator would be the best alternative, and I'm not sure that an exchange is a proper choice. So you're back to the the folks guarding the hen house, the guys that set the interest rates and all the rest of it, working with our guys. Same old thing. It says British and US regulators have so far fined three banks, Barclays, uh, PLC, uh, UBS, AG and RBS, a total of $2.6 billion dollars. And two men have been charged for manipulating LIBOR and similar benchmark rates. They always throw a couple of guys at the bottom to the wolves. And you know something? These guys go into top uh, non-security prisons uh, where they've golf courses and everything and there's no fences anywhere and so on and so on. And they're well rewarded when they come out. They, they know that it's all been put to them. You'll take the fall. You, you two guys will take the fall. So, but more banks and individuals remain under investigation, but that's the two for the public. Thomson Reuters, parent of Reuters, which had calculated LIBOR and distributed the rates on behalf of the BBA since 2005, had also expressed an interest in a role in running LIBOR, another source said. The company said it would continue as calculator and distributor of LIBOR unless NYSE, Euronext, decides otherwise. So, again, as I say, it's the same old thing as the, the guys who run the whole money system and the stock exchanges all work together, including the interest rates and everything else. It's just amazing. It's not really amazing. You see, if there's nothing to stop them, then why should they stop? Huh? Why should they stop? I mean, you've had banks plunder the world recently again and get bailed out by us again, you see. And uh, and the folk accept it again. They go back, well, I can still, still eat my look-alike burger and this, that, and the other thing and watch lots of entertainment and I can afford the latest iPad or whatever. And as long as it happens, they'll just uh, forget it all and it happens again and again and again. There's there's no deterrent to stop these guys doing what they do. They even call it victim, victimless crimes when millions lose their homes and end up on intense cities. Victimless crimes. Uh, where's the deter- there's no deterrent. Especially when the government, this is too big to fail, we can't kick them out or find them or, or even close them down by putting them in prison. Really, there's many alternatives 
to the system you've got now, Vinny. But it won't happen because, you see, you're in their system. Remember the whole plan that Quigley talked about was for private corporations to run the world. Already was doing uh, all of that back in the uh, 1930s. And uh, they learned from World War One that, that uh, he had a world war on the go, a world war that wasn't like any other, unlike any other war. They had mechanized uh, tanks and everything. They had lots of equipment, uh, batteries and batteries that you would never believe of artillery, massive shells. Look up the old photographs of the aftermath of some of the bombardments using military shells, World War One, and you'll see it's not acres of fields covered in these empty shell casings. These are huge things. It's miles of them. It's the most incredible, profitable war that ever existed up until then. And then aircraft too, that lasted about four days in the air and had to be replaced immediately, including the pilots. It was awfully profitable. And so government came in, of course. It was all planned that way. Government came in. And uh, and then the U.S. was a good example. The newly established Federal Reserve Board and that the bank and all the rest of it would uh, lend money, keep lending money to the governments and uh, guaranteed that the taxpayer would pay it all back. You see, never stop. So government got involved to fund all these private corporations too that made all the equipment, etc., etc. Even built factories for them for nothing. That happened in World War Two as well, in all countries. And uh, and that's why that's why you find that other people too, like Orwell and and, and so you, other ones too, at Huxley, could talk about the future being totally controlled. And, and again, Quigley, who worked with this organisation that planned to rule the world. Uh, they could quite confidently say that uh, private corporations will run the world and they'll be more efficient, they claim. What, what do you hear now when they privatize something? Oh, it'll be more efficient than what you had as they jack up all the, all your prices and everything big time. Old, old con. But they do, and they network together. Look at IBM. Look at, look at all the, the history of IBM. is fascinating. And did you see anybody giving... Uh, the rights to IBM to basically set up a smart grid for the world. Did did you? Uh, and you 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 helped fund it, by the way. Uh, and um, did you see any governments going through any big debates about that? Because it just happened to be here. So suddenly it's there. That's it. And you think you have governments that serve you? It's the other way around. They serve the corporations. They have for a long, long time. Also, two years ago, I noticed that uh, private property, remember, and this is from all the big boys. You should surprise me. I thought, well, I thought I knew Karl Marx, of course, wanted to end the family unit and end of private property for the for the general population. And not for the elites, of course. Technically, they don't have to own anything. It's all in trusts, you see. And um, But the average person would not have it. Agenda 21 from the United Nations that also was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs. That's who set up the UN. Uh, on the behalf of the top bankers of the planet and the power industry boys and the whole bit and the newspaper moguls they set up the United Nations and of course they also uh, said the same thing that uh, Agenda 21 says no private property will be the end result everyone will live in their designed areas and you have no personal transportation there'll be, so there'll be only rental accommodation and you won't have private transportation either yeah Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about houses in the private property will come down the road and so on, because that's, that's the agenda. Rental units only by big corporations own cities, basically, is the agenda for the future. And tying in with all this, too, years ago I saw them uh, basically changing the rules for buying houses. Uh, before that, of course, you even saw the, 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 the rise of the real estate market. Uh, before that, people would sell their homes. Uh, it would be a, a solicitor, a lawyer would advertise in the paper, some company, and you would make the deal with the, the seller. That was it. Uh, between the two of you, like things sh- should be. But once the real estate agents came in, uh, disaway with all that, they take massive commissions, of course. So they, they like big, high prices because they get a higher commission, a, bit, a bigger cut off the higher prices. So here's the next step too. Well, the, the last time too, the, a few years back there, they made sure that you had to have a, your own drilled well in the country, something like that, and then, then various inspection fees from government to experts and engineers and all that. Environmental impacts. If you're selling your home, not just building one, but selling one, uh, things like that, until you're broke before you even start. But regardless, they, they also wanted uh, new septic systems and all that. I says, oh, here they go for everything about a house. Now, before you bought it like a used car, as is, and that was the whole thing, before real estate guys came along, because you could talk to the seller, you, you go around the whole place, check everything for yourself and say, oh, I see that isn't working, that's not working, and so on, and you give upon a price. Not now with the real estate guys who call you out of everything. Well, here's the next step, too, and it's again, the city's doing the same thing, to do with your thermal energy and so on. Remember that again, global warming, thermal proof, all that kind of stuff, and you've got to save heat in the winter, etc., etc., etc. It says city property listings to include energy costs. See, so you have to get an energy specialist to come out and check your home before you're allowed to sell it after getting everything else sold. And says appraisers maintain that their opinions are grounded in data, so they say. A coalition that includes the city of Chicago and real estate agents wants customers to have a better understanding of the true cost of home ownership. Now, this is a PR blurb, so it's done in a happy, happy way. So there's your premise off the bat. The reason that they say is because they want you as a consumer to have a a better understanding of the true cost of owning the house. The city is expected to announce Wednesday that Chicago residences listed in local multiple listing service will now carry data on the energy costs. But here's the, here's the thing, they, they're not a consumer to know, right? However, potential home buyers and the merely curious who surf online real to real listings won't be able to look up the information. It's only available to, guess who, the real estate agents. Ever looked into associations of real estate agencies? Is it another big, massive corporation, you see? It says, so the real estate agents will, will which can, they can then share it with their clients. Well, if they want to, well, I mean, it's obviously meant that way. Otherwise, the public would be able to look them up, right? It's a short-term goal is to make less cumbersome and more user-friendly a Chicago ordinance that's been around for some 25 years. It requires a seller to disclose a home's utility cost to a buyer before the transaction closed. All, all cities have had these on their books for years waiting for now. Everything's done in the past to be implemented in the future, remember. So it was a great idea, but most people don't know about it, said Anne Evans, chief executive of CNT Energy, a division of the non-profit Center for Neighborhood Technology. It involved a finding, uh, finding a form, faxing it to one of the utilities, and then waiting to get it back. It was really chunky, a clunky process. Now, one time you could buy starter homes, which meant you were a loser. I mean, that's, that's what the real estate guys call you, a loser, actually. They call you a starter home. 
whenever you see that. That's a place where you, you bring in lots of recycled lumber and, and use nails and tools and, and your own commode. You know, that, that's what they mean by that. But uh, it's, it's even going to do away with that, you see. Because now events going to be heavy listed. What they claim, what they claim uh, you're losing, remember, is going to be on there too until it'll be unsellable, until you can satisfy all the ordinances that they want. You can't even do it as is anymore. This is long term the hope of the city and CNT Energies that current homeowners will work to make their homes more energy efficient. Just like the smart meters that zap you all the time. Yeah, same thing, the IBMs are in charge of for the smart grid, you know, with all the corporations underneath them that they own. <laughs> anyway, it says, um, that aligns with the Mayor Rams Emanuel's efforts to shrink the energy usage of Chicago's dated housing stock. Well, you know, Ram Emanuel's really worried all the time about people and how they're, they're living and so on. So, it's going to put the costs of the houses sky high. And that's it. This is just like when they, they do the same thing, as I say, about any, any law that they pass. In a lot of you know, you can't put in a septic tank now or even renew it unless you get a form from a government inspector. You c- because you can't buy it without the form. You can't go to a place where they sell them and buy them. They won't sell it to you. In Canada, at least. Everything's rigged, folks. Rigged, rigged, rigged. And then before they allow you to put one in, again, the inspector has to come out here to pay him a fortune and all the rest of it. It's just like, before you even build a hut, you'd have to, you, really, really, I'm not kidding about this, you're supposed to, you're supposed to get an environmental impact study done by different engineers that they supply. A little garden shed. And once you're paid for all that and you, and you can afford to get one of these ridiculous things from, the supermarkets made a tin, you know, that collapsed with the first snowstorm. They also come out and tax you on it if it's over, I think it's 8 feet by 8 feet or 8 by 10. I'm not kidding you. This is, we keep saying we're free. Oh, I don't see it. Do you? Free to what? To be a, a, a really good slave that gives everything up that you earn? Remember, taxing means to labor, to labor oneself. Energy, it's your energy. It comes back and... and, and like the, the, the token represents the money. The token represents your energy. And when that happens, you're actually a slave. The first big arguments about taxes was to do with that very concept. That you couldn't tax one's labor. That was a form of slavery. But we take it all for granted because your dads and mums did too, right? That's so easy is to condition people. It's so easy. Remember what Charles Galton Darwin says, we're in the process of creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. So sophisticated folk never, never, it never dawns on them that they are one. Also mentioned that big, uh, train disaster out in Quebec last night, I mentioned it. Apparently they'd, uh, they, they always, this is, it was not an unusual case where they actually uh, parked a thing on a hill outside the town. And uh, and then they leave it alone. The guy, the engineer, goes off for the night to a motel or somewhere, and he puts on the. Ha- it says in the paper, I'll put the link up for you. It says that he puts the handbrake on. Did you know these massive trains that have got thousands of tons on them, well, those carriages, they have, they have a handbrake, <laughs> and uh, and they're supposed to keep the also keep the, the the hydraulic ones going as well by leaving the engine running all night unattended. 
You understand too, most of these railroad companies, as I say, have all been bought over by the big holding companies like I mentioned last night. They're running a lot of the world's railroads. And these holding companies, they're specialising going into countries where the taxpayer funded the uh, the start-up and and the creation of railroads, electric systems and everything else. These holding companies specialise in going in and then paying off the the politicians and and the club that they all join, you know, CFR and so on. And it's time now to, to privatise it, and they get it for peanuts. And then, then they slash the staff, they, they, they fire it, they get rid of all the guys in the union. And the only reason you had any safety standards at all was that the unions demanded on it, because there's always guys and their, their members who got killed, you see, in accidents. Well, that's all gone now. It's all gone now. And I think even the, the, the track here going through past me here, the two, and the one just, just north of it as well, that's 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 transnational and the Canadian national uh, and the Pacific. Um, they were sold off to a New York, a York company a few years ago, or two or three years ago, and they fired. I think, of course, slashed it and burned it. You don't see guys going up the tracks anymore with the big hammers down and checking the fish plates where it connects the rails together. It doesn't happen now, and that's why they have derailments because these things just snap, you know, bend. You can walk along the tracks and fights. Because they don't go on and put new pins down, two spikes down, they hold them down, the rails down. And the old ones are all sticking up. You could pick them out with your, with your fingers. See, you maximize the profit. Maximize the profit, that's a big cry today. They're churning about universities with that cry. Maximize the profit, CEOs, you know, business management. Anyway, this train apparently, uh, supposedly one theory is that the train got, I mean, you get all these conflicting stories, and I'll tell you why the stories are about what happened. It's because the big corporation that owns it all, the big holding corporation, which is awfully powerful, is in there like a shot to try to pay off anybody that can say, it, say any truth. Because uh, they don't want it. They don't want the blame. So try to find blame in, in the local community. Maybe some done, somebody vandalized the handbrake, you know, to go off. And it rolled down the hill. With stacks and stacks of crude oil, and they had liquid ammonia in it too. That's highly volatile stuff. And it blew up the town at the bottom of the hill. And this, they haven't even told us yet how many folk were missing, 60 to 80. They won't say dead. They just say missing. So that's what we're trying to do. Try to blame some local for possibly doing it. Another theory is too that they're putting out. This is mainstream. Mainstream are quoting this rubbish to us. They don't know, but some people said that a fire department from another town came first when it was on the hill, part with a handbrake, that... Um, that there was a fire in the engine, and so the firemen decoupled it, and so the whole train ran down the hill. This is what we're told. Can you believe this rubbish? Rubbish. So anyway, they'll find some some excuse and make a compromise with government and so on. They'll end up repairing all the damage and, and rebuilding the town. And they're doing the cleanup already, I guess, in the taxpayers' tab, etc. But you can't bring the lives of the folk back either, can you? But I'll put this link up tonight for those who want to have a look through it. This is the farce that you get in so-called reporting today because everyone's... Unfortunately, we're living in a society that's so corrupt. It's not just at the top or in the middle. It's at the bottom as well. And and, and one thing is true. Uh, when, when even a certain people would come in to, to take over countries, like the times gone by, there are many forms of warfare, you know. And they could always do it by finding someone that would sell out the rest. It's quite simple. You always find them. They're always there. And every, you'd find them in the smallest village in Africa. There's always somebody there that'll sell out the rest, pay them off. That's a, but now I think there's a lot more 
because we're living in a, a form of, we're taught moral relativity today. We believe it. There's no right and wrong. It's just who profits. Do I profit? What's your interest in this? That's what they say. That's what taught in school now. Also, this article, two the ambitions of Bill and Melinda Gates. Now, again, quickly touched on the big uh, philanthropies, the, the charitable organizations that would spring up big foundations that would, that would really be parallel governments and help run the world. Actually, they would run the world, which they're already doing. And, um, and it's strange that, too, you just have a magic number of dollars in your bank account and you, be, you become, you know, a philanthropist. But it's always the same kind of philanthropist. Bring down the population, help the women by sterilizing everybody, and so on and so on. It's always the same agenda, isn't it? It must just happen when you hit that magic number. It just reprograms your brain or something. Folk never get it. These guys are not self-made millionaires, multimillionaires. They're fronts. Look at the history of Bill's dad. And in Melinda Gates as well. The, the, the dads of the two of them. They're both involved in Planned Parenthood and the whole bit from years ago. This is an ongoing intergenerational thing, folks. And these guys are play the front men. Yeah, you'll live well. You'll be awfully stinking rich. Just attend a few meetings and be the, a philanthropist and say the right things. You'll write the speeches, etc. Just never open your mouth and say anything to the contrary. I'm not kidding you. That's how bad the world really is. See, folk only, only, they only follow someone they think is more clever than themselves, and they've got to be awfully uh, economically wealthy, you see. You wouldn't follow a tramp with an IQ of 190. So they give you their heroes and they create them for you. Anyway, continuing the, the commitment to controlling global population growth through artificial contraception, sterilization, and abortion initiatives, Microsoft founder and philanthropist Bill Gates and his wife Melinda, self-described practicing Catholic, that's how she describes herself, but again, it could be a con, are now attempting to control the curriculum of the nation's public schools, subsidizing the common core state standards in English, language, arts, and mathematics. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has committed more than $76 million to support teachers in implementing the common core, a standardized national curriculum. Interesting. This is for the U.S. This on top of the tens of millions they have already awarded the National Governors Association, the Council of Chief State School Officers, to develop the common core in the first place. Working with uh, the Biden administration, so here you again, exactly what Quigley said years ago, back in the 60s. Uh, private uh, philanthropists and so on are helping steer the world. They're working with the Obama administration. The Gates Foundation subsidized the creation of a national curriculum for English and mathematics that's now been adopted by 46 states and the District of Columbia. Despite the fact that the General Education Provisions Act, the Department of Education's Organization Act, and the Elementary and Secondary Education Act all protect states against such an intrusion by the U.S. Department of Education. The Common Corner of Standards were developed by an organization called ACHIEVE and the National Governors Association, both of which were funded by the Gates Foundation. The science has been imposed in the states without any field testing and literal or no input from those involved in implementing the standards. In the post entitled, Why I Cannot Support the Common Core Standards, educational policy analyst and New York University research professor Diane Ravitch wrote that the standards are being imposed on the children of this nation despite the fact that no one has any idea how they'll affect students, teachers or schools. The creation was neither grassroots nor did it emanate from the states. Ravage is especially concerned about the content of the curriculum, what she called flap over fiction versus informational text. Rather than giving English teachers the freedom to teach literature, the Common Core mandates that a far greater percentage of classroom time be spent on fact-based learning. 
Ravitch's concerns are shared by others. For example, one teacher claimed she had to give up her students uh, who read Shakespeare in favor of Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point because it was called fact-based and Shakespeare was not. Of course, tipping point has a political agenda. Parents may be concerned if they were to learn that Gladwell suggests that facts, such as a belief that parents should stop worrying about their children's experimentation with drugs, including cocaine, because it seldom leads to hardcore use. Fact-based books, with quotation marks, on climate change are also replacing classic works of literature because they are viewed as offering students an opportunity to learn uh, freakonomics, they call it. A book that has already been a favourite by public school teachers is preferable to to Poe because students will learn about the positive effects of abortion on reducing crime rates by reducing the population of those more likely to commit crime. While adoption of the Common Core was voluntary by the the 46 states that adopted it, it was well understood that these states, that they would not be eligible for Race to the Top funding, another organisation, which gives $4.35 billion unless they adopted the Common Core standards. You always give them a carrot, right? It's just the Gates Foundation was very much a part of this too. According to Lindsay Layton of the Washington Post, and it gives you the date and so on, the, the Gates Foundation invested tens of millions of dollars in the effort. The Obama administration kicked in the, uh, kicked the notion into high gear when it required states to adopt the Common Core or an equivalent in order to compete for race to the top grant funds. You always stick out the carrot. Unfortunately, with humanity, it always works. It's, it's like you can win, you could win if you just go along with this. You can get this card and get two cents off your, off your overpriced GM lettuce if you just take, the, take this card and so it gives all your data. Same thing. It's rather easy to control humanity, isn't it? And then when people, people are really ticked off at the top, at the bottom, all they do is complain. Well, what did it do when it was happening? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And just before I take a caller, uh, I put an article on another one about Bill Gates too. Polio vaccine program caused 47,500 cases of paralysis and some were killed as well. The trail of his free uh, polio vaccine across some of the countries. It was, came up for other newspapers too, but someone's tallied them all up. And then we'll go to Ron in British Columbia if he's still there. Hello, Ron. Hello. Yes. Hello, Ellen. Yes. Yes. Um, I just got a call from a little old lady um, that I knew about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and she'd moved away. She's just moved back into the neighborhood, and her son is uh, uh, John Nuthall. Oh, yeah. And she says he was duped by the police into uh, into this, uh, I don't know, charges of being a, um, some bomb threat or something down mm-hmm. uh, in Victoria. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, he's gone through the preliminaries on uh, court, uh, I think, today. So they're taking him to the Supreme Court now mm-hmm. for this charge. But uh, according to Grandma, they're, they're, uh, it was a setup, and she was living with them at the time. Mm-hmm. And there was apparently some, um, some person that said they were from Africa that was uh, befriended John and... Uh, basically got him to do, um, you know, say innocuous things, and he recorded everything, 
and then turned him into the police saying that he's, you know, was planning this whole thing. And uh, it was all a scam. We do know that uh, that's been done so many times in Canada. I know the one in uh, Toronto where they caught off a few guys that were Muslim. Young guys, very young guys. Same thing, they got them paintballing and... Well, yeah, and not only that, so they, 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 they went to a site that obviously that the big boys had set up themselves. Whenever you see a site where some guy is dressed like a, like a, a real Muslim and, and he's saying the nastiest, nastiest things that you'd say, my God, kick him out of the country, they found out this guy was working for CSIS. And he was the guy that set them up. And actually in peace applied them all the stuff. It was, it was all pretty well done. And the guy who receives came on and, and, and uh, saw the documentary on him, dressed in the gear that he wore and so on, uh, and boasted about it. So I keep saying to young guys, don't, don't get set up with these things. Um, and because you, you really can't trust anybody at all, especially folks who are, are, are blasting their mouths off and seeing the things that no one would get away with and their big websites and so on. I mean, you can't, if you fall for that, in a sense, it's a Darwinian award you would get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because um, because that, that's that's run by the system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He he was um, had Gillian's Barrage syndrome or whatever, and he was paralyzed from the neck down on his back, and he had for two years. And uh, he picked up the Bible, read through that, and then he read through the Koran. And while he was reading through the Koran, uh, he started got up and walked and started. Uh, so he became a devout Muslim, and uh, and uh, so did his wife. And as far as I know, uh, it's against the religion to hurt any any women and children or anything like that. Yeah, it is. See, the whole radicalized Muslim movement was created when they created the jihad back in the 70s. And there was a CIA was behind it. I'll put that, that link up again. You'll see a young Brzezinski there when he was sent over. Remember, the Russians were in there at that time. And he says, we'll, cause a, we'll create a holy war, he says, to the, to the Muslims over in Afghanistan. And that's how they formed the so-called Al-Qaeda network. And they also created uh, thousands and thousands of radicalized versions of the Koran uh, and get them out all over the place. They still have them. CIA's put them out and had teams working in the States to create these Koran versions to radicalize them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still been done today. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Massey from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. Me, your God, your God, go with you.